Welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete podcast. In this short bonus episode, Sam and Catherine from the Uncertainty Experts Project are going to give us a taste of what's in store if you sign up to their three-part immersive documentary experience. If you listen to part one of this podcast, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So definitely go and check out that full episode. And in this taster, we're going to be walked through interoception, a powerful way to sense the inner body from signals beneath the skin. But I'll let the guests explain properly what it is, because it's something that isn't very well known. And it's very, very exciting to hear all about it. And it really shows us how powerful our minds really are. So I'm going to hand over to the uncertainty experts now to help us understand this see below a link to get your tickets to the full documentary i think it's going to be super super interesting so check out the link and enjoy this episode So every episode of the show has a live experiment involved and we're going to have a little taster now i'm excited Brilliant. Maybe we should do the one about sort of interoception. So as a strange word, interoception, you will hear it more and more. Um, but what we're realising in neuroscience is that we don't just make decisions with our brains. We make them with our bodies as well. But we're not very good at listening to the signals from our bodies or we misinterpret them. You know, when you feel any sort of emotion, you have a physical feeling from sort of butterflies in your stomach or a racing heart. And actually, there's a huge sort of interface between the brain and the body. And if you can become more and more attuned to the signals from your body as well as your brain, you actually have a far greater base of information to make better decisions on. So Catherine said this to me at the beginning of the year. She promised me that interoception is something you can't even, spell check doesn't even recognise. But by next year, everyone will. And, and Google it. You'll see so many articles and everything around it. So let's try a test of your interoception, Emma Gannon. And in fact, let's try a test of everyone who's listening's interoception. If you would, please close your eyes. Perfectly safe. Just be for a few seconds. And if you would begin by taking a really deep breath, just to clear your mind. And then we're going to try to imagine and go beyond imagining. We're going to try and visualize almost to the point that we can feel an object. And I'd like you to think about a lemon, a very simple, bright lemon with its hard exterior and a sharp knife cutting into that lemon. A little bit of its juice escaping as it would with a lemon, and then a second cut into it so you have a slice of lemon, like you'd put in a drink on a hot day. And I'd like you imagine holding that lemon, and the way it's always a bit succulent, a bit spongy, a bit juicy, and taking that lemon and putting it into your mouth, and then biting down on it and the sour, sharp tanginess of that lemon and the juice going into your between your teeth and onto your tongue, and I imagine you're now salivating, if not drowning on your own drool. And that's it. Your body can respond physically to something that is not even there. Your imagination is so powerful, it can change the thoughts and feelings that you have. You can stimulate responses throughout you just by imagining them. And the opposite is also true. That's how anxieties work. That's how our brain can get the better of us. But it's also how we can train our brain to inform our body and how we can improve the communication from our body to our brain. My mouth is, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> when you get really good at interoception, you can close your eyes and you can feel your heartbeat. It helps well-being, it helps physical illness. You can tell when something's right, something's wrong. It, you know, to, to say, use your gut is to massively understate the importance. But in a sense, that's the shorthand for what interoception can give you. I really like that word more than meditation as well. I know they're not the same thing, but 
I feel like that word puts people off doing mm-hmm. it randomly, but this makes me feel like I, I want to do more of that. The, the, I like that as well, because it's the technical bit that made me really interested. The the world of artificial intelligence has proven that our cognitive ability, our thinking ability alone can be outpaced. You know, we can be beaten at chess by computers. Our prediction models can be outplayed by algorithms. But the felt intelligence, and this is the argument within embodied cognition, there are two decision-making centers in the human. When they're aligned and they're working together, there is no technology that exists that can outperform a human being when their thinking and feeling brains are operating at once. Wow been working on this thing where it's like sounds really basic but you know when you get an email asking you to do something and i kind of it's like a yes or a no here because yeah, people say oh, it should always be a big yes but some things in life aren't huge yes but it just has to be a yes yeah you got it we and we use the whole time now like when we're working together just you know how does okay how's it like how does it feel as well as how do you think because like you know Descartes like 200 years ago was like mind and body is different emotion and body is different it's not at all it's all linked if you if you knock out the part of someone's brain that feels emotion they can't in the lab they can't even decide like what drink to have what breakfast to have because we're so used to or if you if you only as people who can't feel their bodies have a lot of problems as well because they can't feel their way into things but we're told not to do it it's going to be a skill at school that you should be being taught interoception, emotional resilience. I mean, because on the flip side, I did a lot of research into rehearsal, which is when you pra- you practice in detail things going wrong. And you know, when you imagine someone's like my thing was like imagining someone's died, classic. But yeah. um, you start feeling as if they have, yeah. and it's so damaging. So yeah. it's like, why are you doing that? Why, They're alive. You live it before yeah. they do it. Was well, something we come That's in why you did episode You're part of your interest. Awesome. Why you did acting? Yes, yeah, so is why I went to drama school to do physical okay. theatre because I was really interested in like the emotional inhabitation of and the psychology. Uh, and in episode three, we go over something called conviction narrative theory, which is the reverse of that, which is where you you imagine the really good thing, but you emotionally feel it, and then your body thinks you've kind of been there and done it, and so it primes. It's kind of the science behind manifestation. It primes your brain to then feel like you're the person who's just done really well and look out for that opportunity and consciously make the right decisions towards it. Oh my God, sorry, but we need, like, can we do, I feel like we need to do three episodes. The science (laughs) of manifestation, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of neuroscience now behind it. I mean, there's a lot of episode three, isn't it, where you talk about the reticular activating system. It's basically got this part, you've basically got like a doorman to the club that is your mind, your conscious mind, and like a thousand megabytes come at you all the time. And the doorman just goes, you look interesting in, go be consciously aware, you don't... And unfortunately, the dormants are mainly just like, oh, that's a threat, put it in, that's a threat. But you can reprime it to actually let the things you want into your conscious awareness. And so that's why if you, it's called random clustering. You know, if you like suddenly hear a song one place, you hear it everywhere because you go, I like it. So the dormant goes, oh, she likes it. Next time we hear it, rather than block it out, we'll let it through. And then it's like everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. But if you do that, that's the sort of thing where you say to people, like, if you want a job, just tell everybody. Because what you're actually doing as well as networking is telling your mind it's important so that if that word comes up anywhere it will go yes and pay attention and feel really confident about going to talk to that person so you kind of make that reality happen and but the compression rate is insane like it's like three million bits of information going as your 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 body's receptors are huge and you know as Catherine's point out we we all think it's what we can see and what we can think right but actually that's a very narrow dimension and it's not the fastest route to the brain the fast route to the brain is the ears and then senses and it's yeah, all it's 360 degrees so there's all this but the poor little brain right which turns out to be relatively basic yeah because it's just there to survive can only deal with 50. yeah so you're yeah. three million to 50 bits of compression so this filtering system this reticular wow. activating system yeah. 
so much more than we even yeah, think yeah. at all yeah. time. And yeah. even then you can go one step beyond matrix style and, and we only see 1% of the audiovisual spectrum around us and sense four of the maybe 12 to 180 dimensions. Oh so like God. basically we're in the matrix. But, but yeah. it's sort of, it's really, that's why people are so tired at the moment because the pandemic has been alerted in our brain. You know, the bounce is going, pandemic stuff's really important. Listen, because we're actually very primed to when there's disease around uh, to listen to that. And your your brain has a, is a limited resource of attention and we've got to think of cognitive load. It's just stuffed full of pandemic shit. And so we're knackered because we don't have time for anything else, you know, because the doorman has told it to let everything, all the scaremongering in because it thinks it's going to keep you safe right now. And it's got a point, but we're just, we're overloading. You're subconsciously choosing fear because you're on high arousal. There is a clear threat around yeah. you. So you're, then your yeah. receptors go, okay, I need to be super aware, which would be really useful for five minutes of there being a fight in the street. Yeah, but or like a tiger about to attack you. And then you do the thing where you feel term. you yeah. feel the physical nerves and then that makes you more worried and that's how the spirals start. Yeah. And you're just like, ooh. It's funny okay. trying to outsmart yourself on this though, isn't it? Because like, I get really freaked out sometimes. You know, when you're like in a weird hotel room on a business trip and you're just like, this is such a weird room. Yeah. And then you'll hear noises and it's like you're acting as if there's a tiger outside. Yeah. And I have to really be like, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. But that's, your brain... that's why there is a global anxiety epidemic. Yeah. Because we are, we are incredibly good at surviving short-term threats. We're yeah. not very good. We're not, we weren't built for surviving long-term threats. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't work. So yeah. that's why we're heading into this exhaustion. You open your capacity for more threat. And ultimately, you arrive in yeah, dissonance. All adrenal fatigue and things yeah. like that. And then you just want you want stark options. You want yes, no. And you want small lines. dopamine hits to make you feel better. And, and Instagram mm. gives you a bit of dopamine, makes you feel better. Chocolate gives you a bit of do- dopamine. You know, we're, we're really exhausted as people because we're sort of, we're maladapted. But as this sort of series shows, you can reprogram and you can start to actually, you know, our brains are incredible. And when the chips are down, they'll do the opposite. They'll... Well, the, the episode three reveals the work that this very niche rogue squadron at UCL doing decision-making uncertainty, what they've come up with, conviction narrative theory, they were brought about in the wake of 2009 financial collapse. How did the industry that was fundamentally based on predictions get it so wrong? So how do human beings make decisions when there's no information? This is a critical path for us. Yeah. And what they've what they developed, when they first explained it to me, I was like, uh, lads, that's that's just called role play, right? <laughs> yeah. You've, you've just come up with role play. Um, they're like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you the science. Uh, and the science is pretty robust. But fundamentally, if you've, so if, you, if it's you and you've got this email request coming in, you'd say, okay, so what are the likely scenarios? There's a, there's a scenario where this email opportunity plays out, what's the best it could be. Um, so that could be like this. And then there's a scenario where it plays out badly. There's the, then there's the one my kind of gut tells me is going to happen. Then you're just going to sit for five minutes with each one of those and like be in that space, fantasize about it, imagine what could happen, you know, what my things might be said. And whilst your brain is doing that exactly like we did with the lemon, your body is now thinking that's probably true because your brain can't tell. It's an abstract, abstract, Mm -hmm. reality is an abstract concept anyway, as is time. So your brain's like, oh, I'm here. I'm in the meeting room with the person from the email. I'm doing the talk. I feel a bit sick. I I feel regret. I feel like I don't want to be here. Oh my God, yeah. And then you come back to the present and you're like, well, I inhabited that future space because I can simulate that. And I felt like I didn't really want to be here. So I'm not going to go fucking through this thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm even more excited now about doing so much more. I'm going to learn so much. And um, yeah, you guys are very two very amazing brains coming together here. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. Thank Real, you. really lovely to see you. Thank you.